This is Dr. David J. Singleton, professor for course A101-B114, Introduction to Hermeneutics. The description, the student will be introduced to a range of concepts, tools, and methods used for personal Bible study and a deeper dive for grasping scripture in its original context. The emphasis of this course is found in scripture, namely 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, along with many other passages. This course underscores the importance of deliberate, diligent, and systematic study of God's word with application. As the old saying go, as you learn better, do better. Now, the objectives of this course is that, one, you'll be able to identify a systematic approach to in-depth Bible study, applying techniques of hermeneutics, list components of in-depth Bible study of God's word, and extrapolate from truths previously unobserved. Use specific tools that assist in proper study, understanding, and application of scriptural passages. And last but not least, describe what rightly dividing the word of truth entails. Now, there's uh, the Holy Bible, King James Version, which will be our uh, Bible of preferred reference. Um, also, the A101 Personal Bible Study and Intro to Hermeneutics from Rochester Center of Theological and Biblical Studies, the 2012 version, as well as Hermeneutics, Principles and Processes of Biblical Interpretation by Henry A. Verkler and Caroline Gerber Ayel. The basic outline is that these lectures will consist of multiple segments in the online audio recorded format that will be accessible 24-7. They may be accessed on any computer, tablet, or smartphone. Additionally, documents and audio files may be downloaded. This will include a weekly phone conference with the professor each Saturday and at least one additional contact, phone contact during the week relating to intro to hermeneutics. Our methodology will include reading, online lectures, downloads and handouts, assignments, phone conferences, and discussions along with an online exam. This is an online class and presence to the internet is required to get handouts and lectures at singleton.podbean.com. That's S-I-N-G-L-E-T-O-N dot P-O-D bean.com. Attendance is a compilation of one, your presence on all Saturday phone conferences. This is basically a class conference and you will be expected to be on it. The call in number is 712-775-7035. There is an access code which is 214-428. These calls will happen at 1 o'clock, generally to about 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Now, the dates of the class 
are the Saturdays in February of 2017, 4, 11, 18, and 25. On the 25th of February, we will have a class review phone conference at 9 a.m. The number will be the same that you will call in. After the classroom review, you'll receive instructions on how to access the online exam. An additional phone conversation with me, Dr. Singleton, during the week on my personal cell phone at 585-509-0455. These calls should only be made between 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, you are required to call from unrestricted numbers only. Each student will have two assignments worth 15 points apiece due by February 18, 2017. Each student will take a final exam on February 25th. 2017. If you are unclear about any assignment, it is your responsibility to connect with me, Dr. DJ Singleton at globalassignment at yahoo.com or call my cell phone at 585-509-0455. Now, most of you may be familiar with the grading procedure. I'll just go through this briefly. The grading procedure is really built up of three key parts. One is your class attendance and participation points, which equals 20 points. And then the exercises, meaning the assignments that you will be given in class, they total 30 points. So whether it's one assignment, two or more assignments, the total for the course will be 30 points. And then your final exam, your final paper, however the professor does it for me, it will be an exam. It's worth 50 points. And so out of that, you'll get the compilation of your grade for this course. Um, I'm just going to skip through a lot of this. Some of you may already be familiar with it. If not, and you have questions, please feel free to call me. The telephonic, going to the other side, the telephonic phone conference class communication ground rules. At the Bible Center of Rochester, we strive to create a comfortable and open forum for learning, group discussion, allowing class participants to share their thoughts, ideas, and beliefs are the topic or about the topic at hand is utilized as part of the teaching and learning methodology. Students are required and expected to join in the telephonic class experience with an open mind and a desire to learn. Every student is required to participate in discussions and activities. As such, everyone is entitled to their opinion and will not be challenged by anyone because of what they believe. However, on the other hand, no student will try to force their personal beliefs upon someone else because respect for others is the order of the day. Perhaps you uh, are familiar with our written assignment and the internet and uh, for one, plagiarism is just not something we can uh, tolerate and uh, our policy is there so I'm not going to take the time to go through that now. Please review the syllabus so that you might be more clear about it. 
Uh, what I will do is I'll talk a, a little bit about um, the assignments and uh, assignment number one for uh, hermeneutics. Um, chances are you, well, I, I won't even go through that. It's pretty self-explanatory. I think uh, that you'll alphabetize words, you will give me definitions and use them in a sentence uh, that's commensurate with our course of study. Um, and assignment number two as well, uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I will need you to, uh, all of your written assignments are to be double-spaced, word processed, and uh, to be mailed in hard copy to Dr. David J. Singleton, P.O. Box 30168, Rochester, New York, 14603. Rochester is R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R, Rochester, New York, 14603. At this time, what I'm going to do is go right into uh, the lectures. The lectures will start... Um, really dealing with personal Bible study, and then they will transition to um, the more in-depth study of hermeneutics. Uh, but for this particular segment of the lectures, this will deal specifically with the personal Bible study side for the most part. Um, again, I am your professor, Dr. David J. Singleton, for this course, A101-B114, Introduction to Hermeneutics. This is part one of a four-part series for this course. Contained in this lecture is information from your expected and required reading that you must obtain and communicate. I will start with consideration of components in personal Bible studies. This will lead into biblical hermeneutics and aid us in maximum benefit for this area of study. Your engagement in this course of study suggests that you are a Bible student who desires to get more of the treasures out of the Word of God than was previously observed and obtained, as well as to learn of a process or systematic approach that will facilitate that endeavor in a purposeful, and deliberate study in the Bible, it is important for you to understand the words that you read. Being able to pronounce the words is simply not enough. Unless you understand the words used in any biblical text, by default, you limit your knowledge of the text and intent of the pa passage. Now, you may be able to draw from the context in which it is found, but you leave that open to supposition rather than knowing. The scriptures declare that God would not have us ignorant. Therefore, I appeal to you to make a dictionary your friend as we proceed throughout the balance of this course. In fact, here are two examples, two words of what I'm speaking of in passages you may be quite familiar with. The first word is the word, only four letters, the word anon, A-N-O-N. In fact, we can find it there in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13 and verse 20, 
where the scripture reads in the King James Version, but he that received it, received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and and on with joy receiveth it. You can also find it in Mark one thirty, where but Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever and and on they tell him of her. Another word in addition to and on that most have read through and probably just passed on through and continued in the text is a word rest. W-R-E-S-T. There in Second Peter you can find this word, chapter 3, verse 16. And it's recorded on this wise. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures to their own destruction. And many times people will read through these passages, never know what those words mean, and never take time to go and search them out. So, how often have you read through scriptures, perhaps not knowing exactly what it was you were reading? Of course, there are passages we've read more than once and never knew what some of the words meant. We've seen, uh, and actually we seem to, to have been okay with not knowing some of those words. Though we could pronounce them, that may have been your approach in the past, but from now on, I trust that you will notice if there is a word that you don't know what it means, you will stop to investigate and find out what it means. As we go forth in this series of lectures, I will use the King James Version of the Bible unless otherwise noted. I will note different passages of Scripture, sometimes without reading it. It is extremely valuable for you to read and evaluate the passage per the point that I am making. If you have questions, you are invited to connect with me to get more understanding about why certain passages were used. On occasion, I will make a statement that you might want to remember that. This is a hint and a key phrase indicating that this is important and it suggests that you may see it on the final exam. Please listen and follow along closely to grasp and communicate the information requested. Now we understand that prayer is an indispensable element that should precede, be included in, and follow your time of studying God's Word. Additionally, it is critical that we depend upon the Holy Spirit to illuminate various passages and or parts of them. Personal time and energy invested in studying God's Word has no equal. As we spend time in the Word, we are spending time with God. It is imperative that you take time to read and also to study the Bible. In fact, I say every serious Bible student must become a detective in the Word, looking for truths that God will reveal by His Holy Spirit as we seek to know and understand 
what he has said to us. It is not enough to study the Bible, which is the word of God. For God to get the glory, the greater glory, our lives are to align with the counsel of his word. I trust that you will resolve to consistently do according to your existing and your increased revelation of God's word, whereby much fruit will abound from your life. Now, let's start unpacking this thing about personal Bible study. In this section, we'll look at what it means to study the Bible, as well as techniques for studying the Bible, and outcomes we may expect. Throughout the scriptures, we are encouraged and advised to spend time in God's word. And it's such an awesome experience to spend time with God in his word and receive from him illumination of biblical truths. It is God's will for you to get and to know him in a very personal way. How better to know the God of all eternity than through his own word? Now, my disclaimer is that I don't know everything. And there is more than one way to approach and or apply tips and techniques in studying the Bible. If you have developed a way that works for you, then please understand I am not asking or suggesting that you change to a different approach. Or perhaps you may be a person that would like to learn some tips and techniques for studying the Bible. To all I say, this is offered for you to glean as you choose. Our starting point is that the Bible is preeminent. You might want to remember that. The Bible is preeminent. Nothing, including this course, should take the place of spending your personal time and effort in the Bible. There is no substitute for purposeful cultivation and nurturing of your walk with God through the life-changing power of his word. In Bible study, there is a process that aids each one in knowing and understanding of what God has said to you and what is expected of you. Through spending time in the word of God, you develop, at, you develop an increased consciousness of God's will. Assumptions and deductive reasoning. The approach to the Bible must be with a bias. We must come with a prejudice that the Bible is always right, whether we're able to explain it all or not. I personally believe and I declare that the word of God will speak for itself. We understand that God did not sin and cannot lie or make a mistake. Therefore, he alone can be trusted above all others. After all, God is his word and the word is God, according to John 1 and 1. For this cause, we resolve, let God be true and every man a liar. For the scriptures say that all have sinned. So whenever you make a decision about a particular piece of data, 
based upon a prior assumption, we are applying deductive reasoning. You might want to remember that. Whenever we make a decision about a particular piece of data based upon a prior assumption, we are applying deductive reasoning. How you view the data of the Bible will determine what you get out of it. As with anything of significance, there is an order and the Bible is the inspired word of God. It is written with specifics that must be observed, such as each word and the placement of them. So then, in a passage like Galatians 3.16, the word seed is the emphasis word. Observing the difference of the plural or singular form of a word gives insight into the context. It is important that we hold to the position that the Bible is the word of God rather than it contains the word of God. Some have said, if one believes the Bible simply contains the word of God, then it leaves space for it also to contain more than the word of God. And there's nothing more valuable than the word. And the only thing that could be uh, put in anything where the word is takes away, as it were, or it separates from the truth of it all. Some have wondered what part of the Bible is most valuable for us today. Is it the words in red because they are said to be the words that Jesus spoke directly? Or is it the New Testament because we are now living under grace and truth? Some might believe that all parts are a little bit different when actually all of the Bible has equal value. Old and new, red and black letters are the same. Some passages will bring measures of difficulty to understand them. Many times, this is a signal that there are special truths to be observed. The Bible is not simply to inform us, but it is to form us into the image of Christ. Personal application is the counsel of Scripture as in James 1, 22. From the beginning, God had a plan for his word and the plan that God has for his word is accomplished according to Isaiah 53 and 8. Actually, 53, 8 through 11. It has been said that when we study the Bible, the Bible is studying us. Don't allow yourself to be overcome by what to study or where to begin because you can never lose when you spend time in God's word. Sometime in your study, you will get so much out of a portion of a passage until you aren't, if you aren't careful, you may want to leave it just to cover more ground. I caution against this because if God, through the agency of the Holy Spirit, is illuminating truths of his word to you, why leave? <laughs> I think you're in a good place when he's doing that. 
leaving a text as the Holy Spirit is illuminating various truths at the level of your comprehension could be a big mistake. So I appeal to you to get everything God has for you at that time. Be not overly concerned about your pace, how fast or how slow you may be going. It is more beneficial for you to get all that God wants to reveal at that special time. Always remember that the Bible is where we meet God. For God is a person. Things he says in his word is him talking to us. And we must value revelation he gives. As we read through the text during our Bible studies. We serve a living God and his word is a living word. John 6, 63 lets us know that God's word is spirit life. The Bible is dependable spiritual knowledge beyond compare. Perhaps you have heard people say they are spiritualizing the text while they say they take the scripture literally or that they are realist. This reveals a lack of understanding of the words used. One word describes our observations, literal, of the text, while the other word describes our interpretation, spiritual, of the same text. To interpret a passage literally, it is an impossibility. So then, when we look at a passage, the real question is whether the literal facts convey a spiritual idea or a material idea. You might want to remember that. The real question is whether the literal facts convey a spiritual idea or a material idea. Spiritual is not the opposite of literal but rather the opposite of material. Another important corollary to the assumption that the Bible is a spiritual book is that everywhere therein it deals with the gospel, especially and specifically with the Lord Jesus Christ as we find him in John 5.39 and Luke 24 27. The reason we can make the assumption that the Bible is a spiritual book is because of the fact that the Bible is God centered, according to John 4:24, is applicable to the view of God's word we have as well as his person. Now, we want to be mindful that a common passage may have both an obvious material as well as a not so obvious and perhaps even more important spiritual dimension. There are also passages in a historical setting that have only a spiritual dimension, such as in Second Samuel 7 verses 12 through 13. We know that the seed's throne was to be only interpreted, seed's throne was to be established in perpetuity. 
We also read that Solomon's lineage was cut off in 1 Kings 11.11. So then, the only interpretation that will fit the literal fact of forever is the spiritual kingship of Jesus Christ, which will remain throughout eternity. Now, we'll mention parables. What are parables? They are Bible stories that contain a spiritual meaning. Where are they found? The whole Bible is a parable. As a consequence of our assumption that the whole Bible is a spiritual book, we should expect to see the Lord Jesus page by page in the Bible. We do not need to assume that the Bible in all of its parts, including the historical books, are written in parables. God speaks in Psalm 78 too, and he says, I will open my mouth in parables. And then in Mark 4:34, the Bible says, but without a parable spake he not unto them. This reveals that Jesus spoke with a spiritual dimension in what he said. Therefore, it is appropriate to ask in our study of the Bible, what does this teach about Jesus Christ and his plan of salvation? Some say parables are designed to clarify an idea. According to Mark 4, 11 through 12, parables are given to high truth from those who do not have ears to hear it. You might want to remember that. Parables are given to hide truth from those who do not have ears to hear it. Another assumption we make is that a person has to be a true believer in order to take hold of a real understanding of the Bible. So then, if the whole Bible is a spiritual message and a parable, then it is secured for those who are spiritually alive in Christ. Along the course of our study, we should ask the question, how should I understand what this word or phrase means? We can look at the Bible as a dictionary to help us with terms when we come across them. It is important to note that words that we use in speaking every day may differ and have a different emphasis in the Bible. Therefore, we should grow in the practice of 1 Corinthians 12:13 that says, compare spiritual things with spiritual. There are renowned intellectual theologians, notwithstanding Psalms 19, verses 7 and 8, where the scripture says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statue of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. We see that additionally, 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 31 but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world 
to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised have God chosen. Yea, and the things which are not to be brought to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of them are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Furthermore, it is just impossible for a person who has only natural ears to hear spiritual truths according to 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Another way the Bible puts it, there in Mark 4, 9, it lets us know that God alone can give us ears to hear the word. In other words, for us to get the greater benefit from Bible study, we must be saved. The unsaved person will only gain some superficial, moralistic knowledge. This kind of hearer goes his own way after studying the Bible, and as it says there in James 1, 25 and 26, such a person has a vain or empty experience. But if he becomes saved through his knowledge, he has achieved real wisdom. True wisdom from the Bible comes to those who are willing to obey what they find therein, according to Job 28, 28. Analysis and deductive reasoning. We got started with foundational assumptions, which are statements about biblical information we are about to face. As we apply deductive reasoning, each particular piece of data, a decision is made on. From here on, we will have an analytical approach. So, we will separate a passage of the Bible into its constituent parts. Then, applying inductive reasoning to all the data, we gather the particular pieces to make a whole or conclusion which rests on our vigilant study of each piece. From the start, you must know that the first step in Bible study is to read the Bible. You might want to remember that. The first step in Bible study is to read the Bible. This may seem very rudimentary, although this step is commonly overlooked. One may feel they already know, or they may be lazy. We may feel that we have something that is more important at the time, but nothing Absolutely nothing can take the place of reading the Word of God. Reading is very important and is not limited to reading a passage once. It may require you to read it over and over again. This concludes this first segment of Lecture 4.1.
for this course. We will pick it up here in our next lecture.